Right, welcome to episode six of the Bear Tiger podcast. A very golfy podcast, this one. Very golfy. Very golfy. That's it, intros with us this week. Big Nige, how are you? I'm well. Yeah, I had a great week. I actually did watch a lot of golf. Really enjoyed it. Um, not much going on. My missus made me pack to go, go to Disneyland tomorrow oh. with the kids in Paris. You are taking the kids? I'm taking the kids. Well, the biggest kid of all of them is the missus, to be honest. She was very excited. Oh, really? <laughs> Can't wait to get on the rides. Sit on Mickey's knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it too much, to be honest. I'm not a, a fan of the rides, but got to take the kids on holiday. They're excited. The missus is excited. It's, it's all good points. So how, many, how many days are we losing you for? Just four. Just the four days. Okay. That's more than enough at Disneyland, isn't it? Yeah. You ever been to it? I've been to Disneyland Paris, actually, yeah. Have you? I have, yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's intro James. James Slate. Had a nice week, pal? Had a good week. Really good week. Yeah. Struggling a bit with the old hay fever, but back on track, so... No, no sniffing into the mic. Yeah. So, come on then. So, it sounds like you've got a story for us from Disneyland Paris. I went to Disneyland Paris when I was about 12 or 13 years old, and uh, my grandparents took me, probably to my parents' delight, and uh, I clambered out of the um, pool at the New England Harbour at hotels, lovely hotel, and there was this weird sort of sheet of metal hanging out, sliced right between my big toe and the toe next to it. So as my grandmother's frantically sort of throwing her arms around, we go off to uh, a Parisian uh, hospital in the back of an ambulance. Parisian? Parisian, Parisian, you know, same thing, tomato, tomato. Anyway, all said and done, first and foremost, I was sitting there and there was a, a Frenchman who evidently had had an interestingly uh, quite abrupt night out and uh, was clambering around with a bottle of something and they were just taking ages to see to him and he was pushing around this poor old woman who was about 87 years old, sort of almost looked like she was sort of saying goodbye to us all and he was just pushing into her bed, like, you know, screaming and hollering in French and this poor woman's bed was just rocking from side to side and I was starting to get really scared sitting in my little wheelchair and then after they dressed it and sent me back and told me that they weren't going to cut my toe off and I could wear some clean underwear again, I then had to go to the medical centre at Disneyland Paris to get it redressed every day for a few days. And it was only at this point that I realised that all of the life had been sucked out of me because Mickey Mouse wasn't actually a young mouse. It was a 35-year-old with a stubbly beard smoking a fat one round the back uh, in between <laughs> shifts. So all of the Goofies and Mickeys and Minis and Daffies were all sort of... All chain smokers. All, be all beheaded on the Marlboro Reds, just sort of saying, oh, where, where are you working next? Oh, I'm at the right side of the park. You know, I got kicked in the knee by a six-year-old, so I'm not rushing back there, but... um. Yeah, so that was my experience. That sounds like we've got the live golf sorted for the week then. That's that round up done. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> when they work your way to Orlando, you'll see all these lads just uh, giving it the big ones. Nice. All right, so we'll roll straight from, from Disneyland, Paris, straight into some, some uh, PJ Tour golf, shall we? Cool. What a week as well. Yeah, what a week. I mean, I had an amazing Sunday. Three of my favourite golfers winning with, and one of them being Tony Finau again, back to back. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I was really pleased for him because obviously people do get on his back a little bit about he should win more and, you know, he kind of, he's happy to back his way into a top 10 or like looks like he's been in contention, but he hasn't. But he looked like a very different Tony Finau this week. After, he was the first player to, in four years since Dustin Johnson to win and then be leading or co-lead after the first round the following week. So he really stamped his authority quickly. Yeah. And then he just looked like he owned the tournament from start to finish. I mean, I thought... Um it's really difficult, isn't it, to win, then win straight away again and look that much more impressive that the week after. And some of the stats that were coming out of, you know, he hit 66 out of 72 greens in reg this week. Like, that is mental. That is good. good. And I think we mentioned last week on the show, he's recently had a putter change and he's obviously given him a load of confidence because I think that might have been the part of his game where he's not been quite clutch enough. He's always been such an elite ball striker, hits it miles. And he's just started sinking a few putts, like that one around the turn, he held that... Deep one at 12 from sort of across the green. In the last round. Yeah. Yeah, he had a good little run. He Because he didn't, he hadn't dropped, a, hadn't dropped a shot all week. And then he got to nine and played one of his only real poor shots, like really bad shots in the last round, pulling it on the par three, then chipping it kind of 12, 15 feet past. And then obviously boxed it coming back and then goes to, you know, then holds a good part at 10. And then he did finally eventually drop a shot at 11 and then backed it up with a, a 35 foot bomb on 12 <laughs> like and it was just okay yeah he's got this done now 
And that was the hole, wasn't it? I think a lot of that was, was that not the hardest hole on the course all week 12? So people might have thought, oh, maybe he's having a shaky period. We can right. rein him back in. And then he goes and makes sort of one of eight birdies a week on that hole or something. Yeah, draining one across the green. So just really, really impressive. He looks super composed. His family looked like they all contribute to everything. His wife went in and surprised him the night before and they went out for dinner and then she's at the green at the end. It's like... Yeah, he's in a good place mentally, isn't he? And he's just crushing it. Yeah, they were saying that um, on the PGA coverage that you know there's been a lot of talk around players who were in their twenties and they're really coming through. But now Finau's hit like his really early thirties. He might have just found his place in this sort of element of composure now, where they think he's going to make a real run at the top ten in the world. Yeah, and he has a he has a young man's game. He can he can live it with any like early twenty year old sure. coming through out of college. You know, he can send the ball long he can move the ball both ways he's obviously now found something that clicked with his putting and you know we just hope that he then carries on this form he did look different this week he did look like he he felt he was the best player I think this kind of all all started back at the Ryder Cup I think he kind of he come out of himself at the Ryder Cup a little bit and was probably around those players and decided looked around and actually thought I actually belong here and I'm, I'm as good as all these players if not better there was not there's not many people in the world of golf who can do with mm. the golf ball what he can do I think that's been a bit of a slow realisation to this point. And I think last week he did, he actually said in his interview, he was a bit annoyed, a bit pissed off that he finished the way that he did. Yeah, 17 kind of clattered it over the green and it came bouncing back. Having hit the bleachers, came bouncing back nearly when the water, but it was a bit of a, a safe long left shot. And then and then you know, the par five last hole, hit it in the water, make a bit of a messy bogey. Yes, a win is a win, but you know he obviously had some, a bit of a point to prove. And... Um, he just looked like he was just in control. Like yeah. he just looked so well, focused. I mean, the score will show he was in control. I mean, I didn't watch too much at the beginning, but were you watching thinking he might blow up? Or was no, still- no, no. I, I think after last week's win, I think he had just put a layer in and you could tell and he said it in his interview and I think it was actually really showing that he said, it, I was going to win with distinction this week. I was going to properly prove that this is my place. Right. And I think it was super telling. I just thought he was a And elite. he got the scoring record. Yeah. His previous scoring record was 25 under, so he surpassed that. Just that uh, just is on the top of the funny, game. Brilliant funny story golf. coming back to the point around um, the 20 year old Zed, because obviously, I mean, he is like a solid mid 180 ball speed player, isn't he? But I remember a story you told me. I think, did he not play on the challenge tour of his brother back in the day? And, and he just sent it into orbit. I mean, he's really reined it back, hasn't he? When I first turned pro, long, long, long time ago, we got into, we played the Scandinavian Masters, and he was friends with Jesper Parnovic, him and his brother. His brother's called Gipper. It's quite interesting. I never heard that name before, <laughs> and they both like absolutely were smashing it on the range, just hitting balls. And they were getting interviewed, and they were like hitting these shots, and they were carrying it like three thirty, three forty, three fifty. And that was you know early ish two thousands, which is a very different time to now for how far you hit it. So they were hit, they were flying it sixty yards, fifty yards further than everybody else. <laughs> and there was a hole. The first hole was about three hundred ninety five yards, and there was a ditch at like a bit of water at about three thirty. And we were like laying back, hitting like, you know, two irons, three woods and hitting nine irons to the green. And they were just sending it up onto the front apron, just taking the water out of play, just <laughs> pinging it straight over. And everyone was like, what, Different what game. is this sport that these two yeah. guys are playing? And they were quite young. I think they were around about 15, 16, 17. So they were quite young. And then we didn't hear from them for a bunch of years. And you just think, oh, no, they've gone now. They're, they're no good. And then obviously Tony, you know, found his way through the which was then would have been a nationwide through mini tours into nationwide and got himself onto the PGA tour seven years ago. And he's finally kept becoming that, that world beater basically, which is just stunning. And, and it was quite a nice week cause he didn't have, it wasn't really till late in the last round. We had the quality players come and chase him. He obviously played with Taylor Pendriff in the third round, which was, you know what? First round on first year on tour, really, really good showing to, you know, he's had quite a solid year to get in contention for a PGA tour event. And I think he played really well. Taylor on the Saturday, really did stick with Tony Finau and got and held the league going into the last round. Didn't quite happen for him in, in the last round, which is just nerves really. He left so many putts short, but the rest of the game was good. But it was only it was a bit late really when by the time Cantlay and Cameron Young started to make their move, they just Tony had already pulled away, hadn't he? So yeah, just it's a brilliant. He's just a good guy, isn't he? Just is it something you want to get behind? Like even when he, you know, I don't know if anyone follows his social media and stuff, but. He just sounds like a bit of a geezer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's just a proper legend. I think he's funny as well. When he takes his hat off, I think he looks eight years younger because he's got this kind of 
really long wispy hair and then his like little grin comes out and you know and it's funny you mentioned like he's playing with his brother I remember something during lockdown you know he had all of his family around him and I think he did an Instagram live shooting like 57 or 58 and there's just this like soiree of kind of children and family, everywhere. family members around him you know and they're just watching him just burn this golf course apart he shot like 15 <laughs> under didn't he or something and and you can see that it all plays in and it all contributes and I think you're right I think this week he's gone and beaten Two really, really, really players on top of their game. Cantley's been phenomenal now for a couple of years. Cameron Young's having the rookie season of his life, arguably maybe the best rookie season someone's ever had. He's still not won this year, and he's, he's in the top 10 on the FedEx. Yeah, Just, but it's insane. Uh, he's comes second or third, pretty much. I think that was his seventh top three, Yeah, including the British Open. I think the last seven, the or, eight, the last seven or eight, he's finished second or third or missed the cut. I think yeah, you know, two or three times he's missed the cut. And if he hasn't, if he doesn't miss the cut, he's coming second or third. <laughs> yeah. So you basically need to just see how he gets on. And I'm then so impressed by him. Bet on him on that. Yeah, it was quite interesting watching him because he was. I think mentally he looked tired yesterday. Like yeah. his game like carried him through in the booth in the commentary. We having to apologise for him probably five times for swearing on oh, camera, he? and he was smacking, smashing his clubs about, and he's getting a bit angry, and he doesn't let it affect his game. Like it wasn't as if he then went into, didn't capitulate, but he was, you know, it's a, it's a bit of intensity, but he's, you got to think that on the run that he's been on, he's kind of in the mix a lot. And it, it just seemed like he looked like a guy who needs a couple of weeks off just to mm. go and recharge. He just wasn't dealing with things very well himself, but it didn't really spill too much over onto his golf, fortunately yeah. for him. Looks like he can afford a holiday as well now. So, um, Maybe well, time if, if, Disneyland? If, if you're going to go. Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> Tweet it. <laughs> Don't go to the New England Harbour. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's got a bit of tension to release. Mickey might be worried about him turning up. Yeah, you got to sit on the knee with Lou. Oh, dear. Well, I mean, listen, does he need a break if he's finishing second? Yeah, I, I, a week. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying, like, go and take a month off, but maybe take next week off, get ready for the playoffs. We should, probably should look at the list. He probably has taken next week off, get ready for the playoffs, because he seems like he's going to be one of the main contenders in that. He's, uh, you know, one of the hottest players in golf right now, and... And the whole story is building up to him having not won. And the same with Zalatoris, really. I think that we could see those two guys both win events in the playoffs and uh, really push it down to the wire. Yeah, I think so. It's a Wyndham Championship this week, isn't it? So, um, you know, I think a lot of the attention is going to be around the players that are sort of 135 yeah, to 110. The bubble boys. The bubble yeah. boys, yeah. So they're trying to make sure that they're into the... Uh, is it 120, is it? 125, yeah. Right, okay. So, well, it's had a good week. Yeah, Wallace Maybe had a really good 10. week. He got in. Callum had another really good week. So he sort of cemented himself like in the safer zone. He had a really good final round, actually. We've been talking about him having good final rounds, goes and shoots six under. And then, you know, gets himself to 108. Danny was in really good position, came back to the field, uh, shot three over. He's now in 127. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting Which watch. Which is kind of right there, isn't it? Because there's going to be a few more names come out because of the live you know, tour. going yeah. across the live tour. So. It will be a really interesting uh, week next week because, you know, there's so much pressure running on that. You know, when when Callum Tarrant finished yesterday, when he held that part in the last for a 66, yeah. you know, there was a little fist pump and everything. And, and, you know, he's finished way before the leaders of anywhere near uh, ending their rounds. And there's people, people walking around that golf course thinking, yeah. this is just another golfer, have a nice little Sunday. But to him, that is like, it's life-changing. It is life-changing. his car on the PJ Tour and... And people have been watching that, like, oh, that was a nice part, whatever. But to him, that was been absolutely massive. Biggest part of his life. Yeah, and you know what? What a great achievement. Absolutely. And you know what? This is the little bit of the PGA Tour that I am hanging on. And I'm, I'm, I'm very Switzerland. I've, I watched the live this week. I thought it was fantastic. But Callum Tarrant's made a million dollars this year. But that putt and that final round has probably somewhat secured his future for the next 12 months. And, you know, you'd think, oh, well, he's made a million bucks. It's, it's all right. But he's not. He's, he's a stepping stone in his career. You know, and I'll tell you oh, what. That's the gateway to the next million bucks. Exactly. Yeah. And he's shown some proper still the last three weeks, just getting himself amongst it. You know, he hasn't quite got it done, but he's just been accumulating cash, accumulating points on the FedEx. And, like, you know, hats off to him. So talking of accumulating cash, let's move on to the Live Tour, <laughs> the Wheelbarrow Tour. Thou shall not be named. So... Massive week for, for Liv, massive week for Henrik. Just a quick interesting stat. So Tony Finau won the PJ Tour, moved up in the world rankings by three spots. Henrik Stenson won on the Liv Tour, moved down three spots. <laughs> that doesn't seem quite right, does it? Who got paid more? Yeah. Well, it was a big debate there, though. The quality of the field, three rounds. And the fact that they got no points. So that's that. You know, yeah, the 
the field was arguably, you know, well, is it stronger? There's some good names in there, but mm. is, is it stronger than the PGA Tour? I mean, Henrik Stenson's 170, was 171st in the world rankings entering that week. You would think that if he went and played the PGA Tour, he wouldn't win with that ranking. But he played well. You know, very well. You know, I think I haven't seen Hendrick much this season. Have you watched him on the PGA Tour? How was he doing? Well, we're, struggling. Not, we're not being able to see him so, live because so, he doesn't get on telly. Exactly. Yeah, he missed, <laughs> you know, how many, 18 cuts or something like that. Yeah, he's been struggling a bit. But I think Gareth Lord was saying that um, coming into this event, you know, he's been slowly just getting, like, he's he's been seeing the old Henrik, you know, and for the last two months, he's felt like his games that started to properly trend in the right direction. I thought his ball striking was phenomenal this week, though. Like, it was really, really good. What was impressive for me was he he, kind of, he played alongside Dustin Johnson and held him off, basically, yeah. and didn't let him in. And that's kind of what... It's a bit of a trademark Henrik Stenson kind of win, isn't it? Like, he's not been playing that well, and out of nowhere, he can just go toe-to-toe. When he gets on his yeah. game with the best player in the world, I always used to think that he was a bit of a Tiger beater. He wasn't as good as Tiger, but he was one person who probably could look him in the eye and go, right, let's go. And that's what he kind of did. He was, you know, Dustin Johnson's quite an intimidating character on the mm. golf course, not just for the fact that he rips it and he's, you know, he's been a world number one and so forth, just a bit, he's quite an imposing character. And Henrik was just, you know, put those Oakleys on. No, no, not even Oakleys now, they're, they're his Henry own Stenson sunglasses. Eyewear. Yeah. <laughs> Henrik Stenson eyewear and he just zones in and no one can, when he comes down the stretch, he is, he is his nickname. He's the Iceman. I just think, um, you know, he's he's been renowned for just being unbelievably pure with that free wood. You know? He sticks to it. Like, yeah. he just, you know, he's watching Dustin Johnson drive greens and bomb that driver, and he just he didn't pulls out the three wood. Yesterday. He pulls out the three wood, puts it in play. He's yeah. just relentless. Commentary team didn't think that they pulled driver once yesterday. There's a, there's um, a stat on the PJ Tour, which are, on how conservative a player is, and Henrik Stenson is the bottom of that list at 198th. He's the most conservative player on the PGA Tour, or what used to be on the PGA Tour. And he just, but how good a player is he? He is brilliant. I mean, I, the first time, well, the only time I've seen him really play live was at the, the Open in Troon when he had that final round with Mickelson. And, it, you know, you couldn't help falling in love with that. I was there, round. it was amazing. That's got to be the, one of the best oh, ever displays I mean, of golf. Everybody was following it. it and it was, you know, I think Mickelson shot a 64 and Hendrick shot a 63. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Imagine and being they, the last they were just battering, the battling each other on every hole and, and the golf they played. And then, you know, you say, well, he plays conservative golf. I mean, I think it, it well, conservative strategy, strategy, but, yeah, but, right. but aggressive but golf, aggressive yeah. golf, because yeah. it, I think that's, you know, he's a, he's a match play, excellent player. Well, I mean, in the Ryder Cup, him and Justin were, were very good. Imagine being one of the Americans, maybe playing one of your first ever Ryder Cups and you walk into the first tee, you know, with your partner, you know, let's say Patrick Reed or something like that, you know, little dumpy looking character will waddle onto the tee. <laughs> Had to think about it there. And yeah, be careful there. And uh, and you come up and you just get these two like mountains of men like Justin and Henrik Stenson, just like, you know, they're just like chest out, yeah, prowling around the tee. You would think, God, oh, we're in for a real shock today, aren't we? We've got to have to get at these two. You do you end you'd end up just not looking at them. Because they're just such imposing characters. I mean and that, that's all part of it. We don't talk about that. We talk about the stats and the scores and so forth, but yeah. Actually, playing side by side along something—it's a like, different game, isn't it? Different era, like that aura about it. Like, like it or not, if you come up in the last group and you're playing against Tommy Fleetwood, I feel that that's just from a personality, character display. That's a very different element to lining up against Henrik Stenson, for instance. Yeah, I mean, we, let's put Tiger Woods in a different box. He's not even worth talking about because you just you just need to accept that unless you're called Robert Rock, he's going to beat you. Yeah, and that's done. <laughs> but there is that there is that element, and I think. Um, Hopefully we see a bit more of Henrik in contention. On my iPad, had the Live Golf on while doing my actual job, which was commentating on the PJ Tour Golf. So we're kind of keeping a half eye on it. Who was watching it? James, yeah, you were yeah, watching yeah. No, it. I, I was, uh, I think uh, Nicole was in the bath. I was like multi-screening. So uh, I was watching. You got Nicole a, on the screen in the no, bath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't ask what was on the screens. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, keep it clean. Keep it to the golf. Had the PGA Tour on, had the Live on, had the Grand Prix on, had the Cricket on, had the Lionesses on. Yeah, it was like a... It's like a sports Sunday, but um, he did get into the swing of his round. I, I thought it reminded me of that round at Troon, to be honest. I thought his, you know, beauty of shot tracer is you just get, he just had his his ball flight just absolutely on string. Yeah. Uh, he was curving it no more than two yards. And he because he was hitting freewood everywhere, there are quite a few holes at Bedminster where, you know, it's like 500 yard par fours. So he's hitting 300 yard free woods and then just hitting 200 yard six irons, but he's just hitting them to 15 feet like over and over and over again. And DJ's 
sending them out there 70, 75 yards past him, just like leaning on driver. So he's got wedge in his hand. It doesn't bother him. He's just 70 yards back and he's just like sending arrows at the pins. It's almost like he's laying back on purpose to like put a marker in. It was just really, really impressive. And then and the backside of the back nine, he was so clutch with the short stick. You could tell, and he was quite open about it in his interview, like a few nerves started settling in, hadn't been in the winner's circle for a couple of years. It's a feeling that starts to create a bit of an apple in the back of the throat. And then he holds a 15-footer across the green at 17, which was just unbelievable. He hit a pretty rough chip, to be honest. And then, you know, the fist pump comes out. You know, the Iceman is, like, properly settled in, drills freeward down the left-hand side of 18, lays it up nice, like, you know, middle-of-the-green strategy. Gareth Lord, I've been here before, do you know what I mean? Great guy to have in the bag. And then he can just walk up there and enjoy it. Great 30-footer across the four feet. And, yeah, and, and it was, you know, the arms were raised. And then, you know, and then a little uh, a little nice dig, maybe a few people in his interview. Oh, about being a nice dig. Oh, here we go. Yeah. On, what, what did he say? Well, you know, the interviewee sort of says, well, Henrik, your first week on the Live Tour, you know, after everything that's gone on the last 10 days, you know, with the captaincy. And he goes, well, showed I'm a captain in that performance, didn't I? I was like, mic drop. <laughs> so um, at this point, I'm expecting, you know, Poulter and... Uh, and uh, Westwood, Westwood to, to jump like, on the champagne. Yeah, with well, the Dom Perrier, start spraying him in the face. Norman they... lobbing, lobbing cans of beer at him. <laughs> but, like, but he... Not for the Iceman. No. <laughs> he's, I think he's teetotal because they, they actually cut to an interview in a car, him and Westwood driving into the grounds. And he wasn't boozing on the way in. No. And, and, <laughs> and Lee was... <laughs> must must be teetotal. Nick and Budweiser. <laughs> Lee was saying, like... It this loser. While driving. Water yeah. Leading. Yeah, looking at the pH number on his water. Oh, that's Ooh. good one, that. How did he get into the Majestics? <laughs> yeah. And he, sort of Westwood, in his kind of stern northern accent, said, you know, like, what do you want us to do if you win? I mean, you're obviously in really good shape. Like, you want that was to... a good northern accent. Yeah. And he was like... From just north of the water. <laughs> and Hen- Henry... <laughs> Henrik in proper um, sort of Iceman star was... Uh, Scandinavian. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to try that accent. Um, <laughs> this could be on. a real feature for us, the James's accent, which just all sound like... <laughs> not like Michael Wilmslow from Police Academy by the end of this thing. He, he just sort of said nothing. You know, we'll just we'll just do something afterwards. Like it was like it, there was like it was so sarcastic, exactly how yeah. you know Henrik to be. And Lee's like, "Hang on a second, we're doing a feature for Live here." And he's like, "No, don't do anything. I'll just <laughs> give me interviews and sign my card." And, yeah, see you, you later. Know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens afterwards. He's like, "All right, cool." <laughs> cut <laughs> cut to edit. <laughs> Short, short live feature but you know jokes aside it was great I mean you know Matt Wolf having a real charge like this was the bit of the live tour where you you got to pay attention to it because you're all over the place Matt Wolf wasn't in contention at the start of the day so I think he's five or six holes ahead because he finished on the fourth hole and he's absolutely playing a blinder he's, so he's finished at the same time but he's finished on a different hole different right hole, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly right yeah. yeah just for anyone listening who doesn't necessarily know how it goes it Everybody, it's a shotgun start, so Correct. when you watch the coverage, you can see it's like a it's a countdown of about ten to play, nine to play, eight to play. So people are finishing at the same time, but in different parts of the golf course. Absolutely. So, which is really interesting. And the, the leaders tee off the, get tee off the first. Le- yeah. Leaders tee off the top first. three scores Penult- are, the, are the best group, a, aren't the individual, they? Individual, yeah. Then the penultimate start on two, and so on and so on. And it's really interesting actually, because I was thinking about this, as thinking, oh, I don't know if I like this or not, but actually. If someone comes through the pack, which Matt Wolf did, because he was seven under for his round, and he was probably the person who was leaning on Henrik the most, Henrik doesn't know where he is on the course, and he's going to have a completely different finishing stretch to the, obviously the stretch that Henrik's having. You're like, actually, this is probably quite good fun. But that's what I realised I had to understand a bit better, is usually golf courses have a scoring part where people can put a run on, and then there's a bit where they're a bit scared of, where the mm. holes where they're going to drop shots, and not being conscious of where people are in their round makes it quite hard when you're looking at the leaderboard to truly understand how comparative those scores are. Yeah, because the 17th and 18th had hordes of people down them. And then obviously the, um, you know, the hospitality at the back of 18 is quite vast and there's loads and loads of people there. And Matt Wolf's finishing on two, three and four. And there's, you know, it almost looks like he's playing a leisurely round with a couple of pals. It's like no one over at that part of the golf course. So I don't know, you know, you're, you've been a professional golfer and one in tournament golf and, would you prefer to kind of be able to sort of zone back, have no fans and like, would it calm you down? Or do you think, no, actually I'm going to bounce off the, the elation and the cheer of loads of people here and like use that energy. I, I don't know. Well, well, there's two things is, is the crowds are based at 17, 18 because they build up the hospitality sure. and all of that. So everybody who's playing experiences that at some point during the day, but then you've also got the leading group, which will have that floating crowd 
that will be following it around because they're wanting to watch the good golf. Of course. Obviously, at this point, Matt Wolf's been second for and the closest person to Henrik yeah. for two hours. And I don't know whether he... It didn't look like he was pulling a crowd with him. I'd, l- I'd go over to have a look just to see if that swing's real. Have you seen his back swing? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Well... Yeah, double some, double take when that. I looked at it. It's, I was like, wow. And yeah, he absolutely drills some, it. It's some move. I mean, just on that live point, I think from a player and playing experience, it's not as good. It's not everybody's finished on the 18th. You're not getting that... Um, getting to hear the, maybe hear the cheers from someone up ahead, getting to watch someone up ahead putt out for the birdie, knowing what you got to do and have that all going on in and around you, I think. Uh, and then also, yeah, you do feed off that energy because when you've been playing well, essentially most, I would I would say nearly all professional golfers, I'm sure there's a golfer out there who just actually, actually someone like Stephen Dodd, who uh, is a very good player, ex-European tour player, he doesn't like crowds or any sort of attention. He just wants to do his business and go home. But around Stephen Dodd, Everyone else in the world of golf that I know, that's kind of what you play for. Mm. Yes, you play for you play for the money. Yes, you play to beat people, but you also play for the energy you get off people for, you know, being cheered on the last hole and so forth. So I think from being at the tournament, it's probably not quite as good. It worked out yesterday because, you know, the winner did come from the last group. But from a viewing experience, watching it on a on a broadcast, it is quite good to, you know, get everybody kind of counting down and finishing at the same point. So that's quite nice. But mm. There'll be times when it won't have the same atmosphere. Like you said, if Matt Wolf wins that, no one's out there watching him. It, all, all the crowd's somewhere else. It'll be it would be a bit flat when you win. Like, yeah, like we watched that played. COVID golf. COVID golf was like that, wasn't it? Like yeah. when when someone would put out and win, there'd be like no cheers. It'll be like, oh, well done. Like, <laughs> yeah, here's a check. On you go. Yeah, well, he would have played the 18th and then had the crowds and everything, and then walked over to play the first. Yeah, like, which you almost go, you almost get done. You know, like, like, done the good bit. I've gone yeah. through there, and really, uh, there, there's. I mean, I didn't get I didn't get to see that bit on the 18th. Are there are those stands full all day, or is it towards the end people are coming in and? Uh, well, you, I don't, you don't know because it, it, the coverage cuts around the golf course so much because you're not just following the individual, you're following the team part, and then obviously you're following the table in the team. So it wasn't just following the four aces versus the Mavs, which was you know the sorry the majestics, majestics. you know, which is the kind of one and two place. You then had this sort of playoff of third and fourth and fifth, and all of a sudden you cut into Phil, who's eight over for the tournament, but he's got a fifteen foot birdie putt. I mean, that's that's it. What's going on there? He he shot one under par round since February. Yeah, and he is the highest paid golfer in golf. He's, it was reported yesterday he's been paid one hundred thirty eight million dollars this year, and he's forty odd something over par. Something about that that calculation does not add up. Not that, it is that the epitome of what we're talking about with when the arguments come with PJ Tour and Live is that it's always been about essentially it's been about the performance and winning and that's, that's taking you there. Yeah. But you got a guy here who's completely off, clearly off his game. He's coming towards the end of his career. He's also playing very poorly and he's getting paid the most. But they've had to do that to start the ball rolling for Liv, haven't they? So they've gone for the highest profile player they thought they could get, chucked a bunch of money at him, got him converted to Liv. But he's not the future of live. It's kind of backfired you know. a bit, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see in three years' time, won't it? You Which, know? What, does that make sense you know, to throw all the money at the at the someone who's not the future of live, and it's not worked out for them? Well, I think I think it's it starts the ball rolling. They've got so much mm-hmm. money, they've done that, and now what you're seeing is that other players are jumping, and the field is getting slightly better. It's getting Do you think stronger. They're jumping because of Phil. Well, I think. If Phil hadn't gone initially, the people that went after Phil probably wouldn't have gone. You know, there's a there's a domino effect. They've got the first domino because they get Phil on, and then they get a couple more Sergio, and then you know, and slowly the others DJ start joining. Was a, DJ, DJ was a was big a big, big yeah. signing. DJ's he's kind of he's got one over everything here, isn't he? He was like he was the main first first. I know there was a lot of chat about Phil, but Phil didn't come across until after DJ. Did That's he? right. Everyone yeah. kind of knew that Phil was coming, but then. DJ's come in and he's probably taken a nice big check. I think it was, I think on that list I looked at, it was something like $98 million this year that he's, he's taken. And Rubbish. he's come straight in and he's kind of played okay. But he's, he seems to have gotten no no nonsense from the media. No, he's, he's under no the radar. Backlash. Phil's taking all the flack, which is probably why they're paying and him so Poulter much. And Poulter and Westwood. Well, I think that's because um, that's because it's been reflective in their game. You know, DJ's finished in the top three last two events. You know, he's been in contention the last two events properly. Probably thinks he should. I don't think it's a game thing. I think it's a, I think it's a personality thing because they know that they can they can. Uh, so the me- the media give him a hard time. They've given Porter a hard time, haven't they? We've seen that. Yeah. Given Westwood a hard time. They've given Phil a hard time. I think it's almost like they give him a hard time. Some of the questions coming out, they ask the same question over and over, waiting if they know they're asking. 
long enough, get a rise. they'll get a rise out of them. But as if it was DJ, they think, you know what, we're not even going to start you know following this guy because he's just not, he's probably not even listening. <laughs> and I think <laughs> what um, he's thinking about is what a boat he's going to be on the weekend and <laughs> what Paul is up to, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're going to catch a carp or not. I think the same will happen with Stenson. I think in a month's time, they, they won't try it with him. They, they won't get anywhere with him. He's very similar to DJ in that regard. You know, it, Stenson will probably revel in it. It would just be, just be bantering them the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's embracing it, or just just creating these sarcastic, awkward silences. Exactly, he'll like, love that. Do you know what? No, we'll, we'll go back to interviewing you in the yeah. car about water. <laughs> Don't ask him any questions. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, but um, another one to coin that Zed. I mean, because obviously he's well known to you. Amazing guy was having an amazing two year run. You know, Blandy's obviously made the switch to live, and it looks like it's really affected his game. Game is not where been anywhere near where it was. He was almost untouchable for a while there. He has had a few other things going on. He's he recently got married last week and awesome. so forth. So he's got quite his other stuff that he's probably taking his attention because he is probably at a time in his career that you know golf's you know had quite a lot of focus to keep his game sharp. So you know he doesn't have this like Tony Finau game where he can just step on, find another ten miles per hour at ball speed and fly a bunker whenever he, he wants to on tap. Blandy has to do it by hard work and knowing his numbers and going coming up to the range at Wisley and we will see him. He's got his. You know, if you ever if you ever go to the Wizzy and hit balls on the right side of the range and take a little picture, he'll always like put a message or text saying that's my spot, always because that's his spot that he goes to on the right side of the range, gets his GC quad out, and he just has he has no club data on it, and he just hits balls and he just does his numbers, just tunes in every day. What's his ball speed on a nine iron, eight iron, seven iron? How far is that going today? Getting the strike right, so he's got to put the time in to perform where he has. If he's off getting married and doing all that sort of stuff, he probably hasn't had time to hit balls, you know, which is just hopefully it's just the ebb and flows. But yeah, but then and then on top of that, has his attention been been kind of slightly turned? Because, you know, it's quite a bit of drama, really. He's never really been in the spotlight for most of his career. Then he's been in the spotlight for good reasons. Then he's been a little bit in the spotlight for controversial reasons. You know, all these little things add up, which is kind of what we've seen with Henrik. Henrik's been, you know, he's had some, you know, some issues kind of off the course then had this Ryder Cup captaincy, which has been, it must hang over you. All of a sudden you've got lots of more time to give up and meetings and your focus is definitely taken away from your own golf. Now he's cleared that deck, got a boatload of cash in the bank account. You know, all of a sudden it's now just about the golf again and straight away gone from being nowhere near, not being at the races to winning. 4.375 million. Well, and, and, and some, that. right? And the team, team, team pride, cash, which was yeah. half a mil, I think for second. So yeah, just shade under five mil. So you boys have, uh, you were chatting off just before we started about the team aspect. I've not really looked at the team aspect too much or delved into it. You seem to know who's on what team and how it all works. I watched Liv the first time I've sat down at the weekend and actually got YouTube out and looked at it and watched it. And it took me a while to get the graphics sorted out. And once you know, knowing which hole they're playing, I think is an important thing. But no, then no, I just probably done a spreadsheet on, on yeah. the teams and who's moved in, who's yeah. moved out. Yeah. A couple <laughs> of formulas, saved as book one, not annoying. Excel black belt. <laughs> <laughs> so the team f- format is basically that each team's there's four people in each team, and rounds one and rounds two, your best two scores of your four count. And then round three, which is the final round, your best three scores count. So you've got the Majestics who are being sort of put as this European team, which is uh, which less Westwood's the captain. Yeah. You've got Pultz, you've got uh, Hendrick, and then uh, Ridgewood. No, no, Sam Horsfield. Sorry, Horsfield. Who's Ridgewood? Ridgewood. Made up a golfer. I think that's the country club on Caddyshack. <laughs> Bushwood. Oh yeah. Or, yeah, so Spack, that's the, Spackler, and, and so that's seen as the European team, and then you've got DJ, who's the captain of uh, the four aces, and he's got Reed in his team and Gooch, and then another guy that never features, <laughs> Patrick Pe- just, Perez, just just, which, there, just there for the for the laugh. Which you know, in the for so the the, needing three scores in the second on the third round, he was I think even or even one under at one point. And was one of the scores Pat counting Perez was trending on Twitter earlier, but then but then he dropped off. But he still picks up seven hundred and fifty grand as prize money as his you know, his Pat share Perez, of the Pat Perez is still trending on Twitter and the tw- and the twenty million signing on fee for being DJ's fishing partner. So so here we go. So Pat Perez has finished twenty tied twenty ninth and tied thirty first in his first two live starts and was a combined thirty five shots off the leading scores, but is still banked over one point seven five million. What a world! <laughs> And it's got a little quote over this picture that said, I used to believe in Santa. Now I'm the one with the bag. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but, but so that's the team aspect. And make, listen, Perez might have a really good round. I mean, like the Aces, I think, did really well off Gooch getting seven under, I think, in round two, yeah. which was a big score, which really pushed them ahead. But that aspect of the team game, I, I got quite into. I was watching, obviously, Westwood and Pultz are, are favourites of mine and Stenson joining them as well. I've got a big affection for, towards Stenson, having watched him play the Troon. And so I was rooting for the, the Majestics and, and the score does fluctuate quite a lot. When you've got three people contributing to your team score, they were, they were four or five behind at the beginning of the round and it fluctuated to the point where I think they were like one behind. And then, and then unfortunately, I think Porter had a bit of a week's finish. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because the coverage cut to Porter and you could tell that he was watching the team scoreboard. He'd stopped playing the individual game. He's a, he's a team player. And he was really, really trying to pour it on. Mr. Ryder Cup. He is. Yeah. Awkward. Exactly. Mr. Majestic now. Um, <laughs> Mr. Majestic. The Winehouse. Yeah, he just goes in, buys his six cases. He, he, he was watching the team scoreboard and he was thinking they had a real sniff at probably winning the team because they kept cutting to him and he was just really, he was just really trying to force it and, you know, fell a bit short. But... But that was good. That, the team side of it was good, wasn't it? You it know? was good. I mean, the, the, if you look at those two teams, though, they are significantly better than the others. You know, the third team was a good six to seven shots back from second, yeah, well, but, which maybe isn't that much. Because yeah, the, South, the South African lads have won the last two events. It's a bit unfair. You know, like if you think Schwarzall, Grace, Oosterhausen, like they cleaned up in Centurion. The first event. Yeah. And then, well, Grace won the last event. They've been bringing a lot more money into the uh, South African economy just from across from Saudi there, haven't they? It's been... So it seems like the team is a good thing. It's getting there. It, I, yeah, I, I it think it's getting It sounds like from what you guys have said, like, like Nigel has a slight affinity towards, like, you know, I like Stenson, so I like that team. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think you've got to watch it two or three times and start getting... Get your head around how it works and, and you will start to navigate, uh, gravitate towards one team, I think. And I think the team aspect and the way that they play that going forward will be will be quite a big feature. I mean, they are talking about, you know, people sponsoring the teams and... So here's a question. So do the teams change each week? Or are they kind of stayed the same because they're yeah. kind of pals and they're picking the same mates? You Does the captain pick the full team every week? The, the team can change. I think you have to have almost like a declared roster which has a number of people on it. Because obviously... So Westwood was captain. Westwood was so, captain. So, but he, so but he wasn't Westwood captain got, the week before. Porter was captain the week before. So then, they, they, when they start the week... Is it like a like on? I think the Aramco they literally have all the captains out, and then they just go right. You pick, you pick, you pick. So yeah. so could could Westwood it's like being like, the school grounds? So so for instance, yeah. Well, so got for Perez instance, at the end. South African <laughs> so, uh, jumpers for goalposts. Pick me, pick you, me. You be a goalpost, not a jumper. <laughs> you go get the ball. So like so you got so for instance, uh, he couldn't the, pick the, DJ. The South Africans have gone well, right? So so then uh, Westwood goes. You know what? I'm just gonna just. Just to really put it amongst them, we're going to pick one gigs. of the players. Yeah, no, it's and take not, him out. I don't Can they do that. No, it's not. It's not. You like can't that. do that. No, it's it's rostered in much differently. I think it's like a trade in, trade out perspective because obviously the Majestics have traded out Laurie Cantor, who's been picked up by another team. The name. So the I next forget. event, essentially, if all those three Henry. players. Are, if it's the same field, they have to play the same teams. I don't know. I, you know, some some of the, some of the stuff is is not fully confirmed. What I do think they're working towards, which I think will be exciting, Nigel, is like they are going to start going through this trading concept as the teams evolve more and more and better players come in. You know, if the rumored Cameron Smith comes in, you know who's going to pick him up? You know, yeah, so because I heard that they're going to try and do like an IPL auctioning thing which at the beginning awesome. of the season. Yeah, you know, the be start of the season, you got all the players, you have got the, the nominated captains, and they'll all be sort of I don't know. I guess if you finish top that season you get first pick or something. Well, if they or, did a draft they, based on like, you know, like the NFL, I guess if you win the league, then the team at the bottom picks first. Oh, next. of course. Okay. That would, that would be Mixes awesome. Mixes it up. Yeah. So I don't know. There's so many things that they can do with it, isn't it? Which is actually quite exciting, right? So, so all those, those small things where you could just kind of go in and piss people off by picking players that, <laughs> they, that you knew someone was going to pick that sort of stuff. It is quite, makes it quite interesting. No, That's one thing that golf hasn't got. It hasn't got that side to it, which DJ some just, other ones I don't have. want to play for Team Europe. You know, well, <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I actually don't know if I like the idea of them mixing the teams every year. I think there's there's something nice about two getting a team time. like your football team. Yeah. Getting a, a golf team. You get team, behind them, don't you? And get behind them. You've got, your, you've got your jersey and you're out there drinking their favourite drink or whatever it is you have to do on the live tour. In two years' time, when it moves to when it moves to franchise, I think they move to a, a team of six and you have the ability to to sub players in if their form isn't there. I, that's what I've been reading, but I don't, I don't think it's concrete yet. I think they're just using 
you know, I think they're just using this energy that they've got. It's getting better and better. There's no denying that. So we don't know. No. Basically. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Guessing. <laughs> just to edit that we'll know, out. We'll know, we'll 20 minutes more. of wasted time. We'll know more next week. We'll it's know called more the Waffle week. Tour. <laughs> All right, cool. So well, it's, it's providing a good conversation and it does seem like it's becoming quite interesting. I enjoyed it. And I think the team aspect's there. And I think there's a, you know, it's interesting to see how it evolves and Liverpool, I'm sure, will announce more, more as it goes on about what they're going to do and the plans with it. So the other big tour, which is going a little bit down the pecking order, if we're re- being really honest right now, hopefully it comes back, is the DP World Tour. I didn't get to see any of it. Any of it. What was the what was the outcome there? I got there? to watch it. Crocker won. I put Fairmont St Andrews, closest James has been to St Andrews Old Course, mm. if I remember rightly. <laughs> I remember enjoying it as much uh, in the event as I did watching it on TV, to be honest. It was a bit. Um, I was quite excited to watch it. I mean, you know, like I said last week, I'm a bit of a fan of Richie Ramsey, so yeah, tuned in, and unfortunately, he didn't make the cut. <laughs> Five under, and didn't get the cut. I actually it was quite a funny. Little he tweeted um, after missing the cut on the Friday, and a, a big, big bag of fish and chips and a can of Iron Brew, and that's how he was consoling himself. Which, you know, he's Scottish. If you're Scottish, you know that is a great meal. I mean, it, twenty minutes Iron later, you're, you're carved didn't, out zombie. Didn't you but, say? But, but, <laughs> so Rich, Richie Ramsey won the the USM. That's right. In Royal Aberdeen Clubhouse, didn't you say for a while there was a picture of him, like a painted yeah, picture? The, Tell us about that, the original one. As okay, a can so, of Iron Brew. So they, they basically, when he won, you know, he was from St. Royal St. Andrews and he, sorry, sorry, Andrew, Royal St. Aberdeen. Royal Aberdeen. Royal Aberdeen. <laughs> Start again. So, Iron so Brew. Richard Ramsey grew up playing Royal Stop giving Aberdeen. away the punchline. I didn't actually know that. I know this story. So Richard Ramsey grew up playing golf at Royal Aberdeen and then he won the US... That's the punchline. That's US right. apps. Look, we could cut it out and start again. No, you've got to keep going with it now. Unedited. Anyway, Richard Ramsey, guess where he grew up playing golf? Royal, Royal Aberdeen. Aberdeen. <laughs> Aberdeen St. Royler. Royal Aberdeen. And um, when he won the US Amateur, it was obviously big news for the club. So they commissioned this huge big painting you know you go into and Royal Avenue is a traditional old course and they did this huge oil painting of Richie Ramsey sitting in the clubhouse and he's sitting there's a picture of him with all these like beautiful reds and you know looks traditional sitting in the clubhouse and on the table in front of them they had this big <laughs> green and blue can of iron brew it's orange and blue isn't it <laughs> sorry it's, it's orange iron brew. brew yeah Head's, head's gone. Head's gone. Head's head's gone. Head's got he had loads of transfusions, got proper yeah. booze. I think that's, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, but what they've that's done, you couldn't believe it. It was like jaw dropping. You go in and go, it's an amazing picture, but there's a big orange and blue can of iron brew. <laughs> that is as Scottish as it gets, isn't it? But I, I think they, I've, I think they've painted over it or they've, they've had it changed because I don't think it has that Mouton can anymore. Mouton 45 now. Yeah. That's a shame that, but that, that was, that's a pr- that's a pretty cool story. It's a good story. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that one. Eventually. So anyway, so I watched that, and like I say, Richie unfortunately didn't make the cut, and our friend Paul Waring had a reasonable attempt. I think he was level on the first day, but had a couple of good rounds around two and three, and then just petered off a little bit in round four. But Sean Cocker was brilliant, and um, Eddie Pepperell. Yeah. Eddie Pepperell. I mean, yeah, he played well. Oh, I'm so glad really to see good. him back. Really well. He is brilliant for the tour, actually. Uh, yeah, he's, he's so he, popular. It's interesting that he's been kind of, you know, he, he sent some interesting or funny tweets to, to um, you know, about Henrik moving and, you know, he's very pro uh, the DP World Tour. If you go onto his Twitter handle, just in his bio, you know, everyone has their, you know, the, the founders of this or, you know, European Tour or DP World Tour professional golf. He's just got live golfer in the making in his bio. But... <laughs> He literally, and this is a guy who's on, who's on the committee. He's on the committee for the DP World. He just doesn't doesn't give a doesn't give a hoot, does he? Doesn't give two s's about it. But yeah, nice actually, really nice. And it, you know, he did actually also tweet. It appears that I'm back playing really well. It feels nice, which is, you know, you're always going to get full honesty from Eddie. So yeah, hopefully that continues for him. And he's found something that he can continue for the rest of the season on. So, well, and they had big jumps, didn't they, on their in their ranking points? I think. I think. Yeah, big jumps. I think I remember yeah, Pepper, almost, Pepper's almost secured Pepper's card. That I mean, he was yeah. I think he, he was he, down. He was one hundred and sixty-three, yeah, and he's up go. to seventy-two now. Yeah, yeah. It was a big check and a um, big jump in uh, to securing his card for Eddie. Yeah, big week for and, him. And a big week also. The, I mean, Cocker was he, that's his first DP Tour win, I believe. Yeah, and, and he, he played he, brilliant. He, to be fair, he jumped up from one hundred and thirty-three to thirty-ninth now. I think mm. in rank so. 
big moves for those guys in the last last part of the season. Impressive. Another big move was one of our mates, uh, Todd Clements, one on the Challenge Tour, which we are very, very, really pleased for him with that. It's been coming for quite a while. Absolutely, like, just ripped through the field and ended up being really, really comfortable. Yes, it was the first time. You know, you always keep a little eye on your mates who are doing well and so forth and, and he, you know, checking the app and refreshing and his mum's texting me saying, I'm so nervous and she's saying, what do you reckon? Is he going to, is he going to do it? And I'm like, I'm like, Leo, he's seven clear with four to play. He's not losing this. <laughs> yeah. So for the first time, I actually went on early and just did went on social media and went, right, I'm going early here. Congratulations to Todd Clements for winning this event because he was so far, far ahead and, but just because I knew his character, really, he's yeah. not going to do a Scott Piercy. He's, doesn't, doesn't he knows read what your he's tweets doing. either. Doesn't read my tweets. Not like, well, he shouldn't be looking on the course. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a bit awkward. You're not allowed phones on the course. No. Are you not? I don't know. Well, where were they playing? Yeah, maybe not, actually. They K were, Club, Ireland. The K Club in Ireland. He's, it, and he's got form in Ireland as well. Yeah, he, he's finished third in Ireland before. He finished 19 under this week, winning by six over Tom, yeah, Tom McKibben, who, who gave us a little scare, didn't he, James? He did. He was he parred the first hole and then he just decided to birdie the next six in a row. And all of a sudden, the, uh, I was like, what is going on here? So uh, Stop was, doing this. I'm gonna get like, that's a bit on. of a Greg Norman rampage yeah. there. I said to I text Zane, I was like, oh, we need to get a hit on this kid. He is just absolutely <laughs> running, through the, <laughs> running through the field. But I mean, Todd, in true fashion, he's such a model professional. He's an amazing amazing young lad he, he works relentlessly he absorbs information from everyone around him and just translates what he wants to do with it you know and one thing I would say about him from watching his career from being an extremely successful amateur through to turning professional when he gets a sniff of getting his nose in front he's quite an elite hunter of winning you know he, he gets when he's in front it's very very difficult to catch him I remember watching him at Brockett Hall when he won his first Euro Pro event and the moment he got ahead you just weren't getting anywhere near him. And, and it looked like the same this week. You know, he got up to, a, he had two really good rounds, you know, uh, sort of set his authority in difficult, the most inclement conditions they had in the third round. And then, you know, you saw a few people were in the red, which he probably would have known if he's a scoreboard watcher coming out. It didn't phase him. Just got to a couple under through through six or seven and then really turned it on the back nine, didn't he? And hold that wedge shot from, what, 95, which had a load of cheddar on it, sort of spun it back about 25 feet. Yeah, pitched it right at the back of the green. And yeah. Just probably would have been more than 25 feet. Went right on the back edge, pin was in the front edge and just sucked all the way back down. By this time, he's already walking up the fairway because it took so long to go in and then obviously it, just, <laughs> it goes in. There's a big chirp by the green. He turns around, gives it a big run back to his caddy, a big like, kind of chest bump. What a moment that would be. Would he have purposely played that shot really long with a load of cheddar on it? Or is that... It's a bit of luck in there. He would have been trying to play it a bit past the hole for it to come back. I don't think anyone would really try and pitch it like two feet from the back edge to for so, it to come back. So but we, he would have been playing for the spin. So when you catch it just so finely, it goes further, but it has more spin on it, which compensates, I guess. Well, if you... With a wedge, for most good players, first of all, the club's clean. Yeah. Most poor players, the grooves are full of crap, aren't they? Yeah. But you've got, you got that part. So you've got the friction between this is the technical part. So you get the friction between the grooves. People think it's the grooves that make the spin. It's not. It's a bit piece between the grooves that make the spin because that's the bit that touches the ball. Yeah. So that, along with hitting down it slightly, out the middle of the, middle to low in the club face, that's what creates all that spin. So then the next part is when it hits the green. If you have if you ever play a course which is like a new golf course and the greens are brand new and they're kind of sandy, the front of the pitch mark because it's not matured, explodes. Yeah. So the ball runs on. Yeah. But on like older sort of greens, the front of the pitch mark almost creates a bit of a wall. So the ball will hop up or backwards. Then all of a sudden that spin just kicks in. So you in avoid that area. Comes. Yeah. So he would have he would have known that, that the type of greens he was hitting into, Go these long. balls back up. He would have done that in his practice round. So he knows on that wedge shot, I've got to pitch this past. Okay. Now, you know, he hasn't gone up there and read the green and so forth, but, you know, it's generally a pretty good shot and it's gone in at a time when, being a few ahead, think you know, on on for his first win on the Challenge Tour, he's already doing quite well this year. He's he was eighteenth um, uh, on the Challenge Tour coming into on the order of merit coming into this week. Top fifteen gets their car, so he knows a good week. He's in around the bubble, and to be a few ahead, thinking about that, it would have been in his mind on his back nine. That, you know, if I can win this, you know, I'm going to bump up into a place where I'm going to get my tour card. To then hit a shot like that and it go in, the the feeling that must have just given him just thinking because at that point you go right, I've done this now. All we've got to do is not completely mess up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just an amazing moment. And someone caught it on camera. It went on out on the social media. I think we've retweeted it. So you can check that out. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. And he, he's now up to fourth on the rankings, over 100,000 points or euros on the on the rankings, which basically means 
I don't think he, he can probably not play for the rest of the year and he'll have full, full status on the DP World Tour next year. So it's been a big moment for him because he's been building up to this for quite some time, really. Since I, I first met him and I sat with, sat with him and his dad and it was like, you know, his dad sat me down. His dad's quite a steely character. And, he's, and you know, I was going to do a bit of coaching with him early on. And he said, you know, has he got what it takes? And I did actually feel a bit under pressure because Martin's quite an intimidating character. Yeah, and I is, thought, yeah. and he's about to pay me some money. So he, 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 I think he's probably looked at where I live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I, st- I stood by it and I thought, it's a, no, no, this guy's got something. He's definitely got something. And it's coming through now. And whether we hope that he goes on and wins more and more. But even just get to this point, you know, he's proven, you know, through hard work, really. You know, he's very nice golfer. Very good all-round golfer, good mentally, works hard, you know, does does his work in the gym. You know, he's good to people, he treats people in the correct manner and um, he's getting some payback for it. Yeah, and arguably his game is suited for the higher up the tours you go because the fairways get a bit tighter. Yeah, um, more, more suited to the bigger tours than the Challenge Tour. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, one of the things that he probably thrived in his game is dispersion is sort of watertight. So as the courses get slightly harder and they tuck pins, it probably suits Todd's game. Um, I mean, when we used to do... Um, when we used to do Monday clubs where we'd have a bunch of good players come in and we would do tests and we'd do like yardage tests. So we'd have a, a comp where we'd say set a number, say 172 yards and it would move through and it would go 172. Then another, another number that the track man would spit out be 150, then 135. And you had a certain amount of shots and it was who could get closest to the number. And we got good players and everyone's getting within five yards. That was a bit short. Miss hit that one. Maybe that's 12, 10, 12 yards short. And Todd would always come in and he'd hit shots. And as he hit it, say 172, it'd be like, that's long, sit, sit, sit. And it would just come up on the screen like, you know, 173.2. Then he'd hit another one and it, you know, say go for 154 and he goes, that's oh, not long enough that. And it would just go like 153. It was just so dialed in and that was a bit, that's his superpower really. Yeah, that is good. Which is really, it really all comes from quality of strike. And, you know, and then the other part that James mentioned, he, he knows how to win. He's happy winning. He's happy, you know, leading and taking that on. He, he One of his first events he won, uh, when I coached him, was the English amateur. And that was a stunning win, which kind of leads us into now some of the amateur roundup. So uh, the English Am and the Scottish Am was on this week. Guy, we, we know his old man, uh, Chris Sullivan. Joe Sullivan won the uh, English amateur at Lindrick in that final. I just kind of followed some of the scores on, on Twitter. But then moving on, uh, the Scottish amateur, Nigel, take it away. Yeah, it's a great, great weekend for, for me personally, because a friend I grew up with school, actually, I met him when he was 14 and, He's now had three boys and they're all avid golfers. And one of his sons, he's got twins. The first two are twins, both 16 years old. One of them won the, the Scottish Amateur this weekend at 16. I believe it's the youngest ever person wow, to win the men's awesome. Scottish Amateur. So, And, you know, the way they, they that, that competition works is you, you play a couple of rounds of golf and then they take the top 64 scores and that goes into a knockout. And I, I think he was mid-range of the 64, around about 30, 40th sort of spot. Um, and he was playing against a guy in the final called Gregory Tate, who was second best score. So he was put at the very bottom of the draw and and dominated most of his matches through the knockout stage. And he was three up. Gregory was three up against Oli Mukherjee after I think it was 10 holes. And then Oli Mukherjee... Really, two, two round final or one round? No, it's just one round one final. Round, okay. The English is two, mm. but for some reason the Scottish is just the one round. So it, it finished on the Saturday. Saturday afternoon and he was three down and then he just went one. I think he, he got, he won three holes out of the next four and then he got one back. I think it was 16 was one up with two to go and managed to level it out to the end to win one up, which was a amazing result. And I think, I think he spoke a little bit afterwards, all of his um, match play matches, he was down at some point and managed to grind it back. So um, I mean, I know he's absolutely exhausted by it. And his dad, who was on the bag, was was also the exhausted. That every yeah, that's that's a pretty cool was, thing to have. You, it was amazing. And so I haven't really had a chance to have a good catch-up with them, but they were celebrating yesterday. Um, I don't know how a 16-year-old celebrates, but... <laughs> Iron Brew. Iron Brew and a Star Mix. Family pack. A load of sugar. Well, we'll, have, to, we'll have to get him on. And, no, definitely. And I, I'm sure he'd love to come on and, and well, share his experience and, and meet you and chat to you, Zane, through and get some tips from you on how to, where to go, Where not to go. Yeah, very, like, what, what, not, what not to do next? <laughs> yeah. He very, he very kindly thanked, uh, he thanked the Bear Tiger Club, which is very, uh, very good of him. Well, if anyone wants to follow the, we actually the Bear Tiger Club posted every hole, uh, a picture, yeah, really a, little a video, thread. little video with um, a commentary on what happened that hole. Yeah. So you can go back and start on hole one and just work your way through. I mean, I think it was hole nine. 
Oli Mukherjee had this putt off the green. It reminded me a lot of Cameron Smith at the Open on the 18th at St. Andrews, right off the green, up the hill onto it. And he hit this, it must have been a 70, 80 foot putt. And it was beautiful. And he put it within like two feet. It was that. a gimme. Yeah, that was and tough, yeah. I was like, gee. You when you know, play match play and someone's 16 out years there and old, someone does that to you, like, oh, I know. You're on the here. green with probably a 15 footer thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm looking good here. And. Amazing part. Anyway, it's 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 actually quite quite good fun to run run through that again, have a look at it. But it's a good match, and I think Gregory Tate obviously also shows some quality golf there. Very consistent throughout we'll, the week. We'll and definitely get him on the pod if he will give us his time. But even better if we could get him down for a round of golf. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Well, his his, tw- yeah, his twin brother. I think he. I think Ollie's off plus five. His twin brother's off plus three, and then they've got a thirteen-year-old uh, called CJ. Another Cameron. Cameron's a popular golfing name at the moment. He's uh, Robin was saying Robin's the father was saying that Cameron's uh, swing ball speed's up to 163 and he's only 13. Christ, you know, and he's uh, he's a very good golfer as well. So all three of them, are, I mean, you should go out there and have a scramble with those three. I think you crack all sorts of records. They're very very good. <laughs> I don't think I get a look in. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> brilliant! The so look out for the Mukherjee boys. They're, they're going to be taking over world uh, golf. Summer I squad, think, that isn't it? Five five years time. Yeah, well, we will. We will. Hopefully, we'll get we'll get them on and maybe do a, one of the YouTube vids of them. Amen. So should we do that? Sounds good. Nice. Okay, so what else has been happening with the, the Bear Tiger Club, James, our technical man? Oh, I've got an announcement. Go on, then. I've got over 100 followers. Yes. Oh. It's, is this ape buying time? It's, it's ape time. So that means that I think the, the deal was I'd have to buy a board ape, so... And luckily, East gone up 70% in the last three weeks or Sweet. two weeks. <laughs> I told you to buy it. So I'm currently selling off my belongings and doing a garage sale. So that <laughs> I can buy a JPEG. <laughs> All my past golf clubs are for sale. Some, yeah. some classics in there. Rider Mark Twos. Yeah, if you want some 2007 uh, foot joys with no studs left in them, uh, you can have, check have out had a look? Have you had a look at what type of board ape you're going to buy? The cheapest? <laughs> The floor. The floor. <laughs> Going to sweep the floor, as they say, with a whole one purchase. ETH is up, but the floor is down. So the floor Yeah, I did see that. The, the floor is training about 80 to 85 ETH at the moment. It's bouncing around there. So What's that in dollars, roughly, at the moment? Uh, it's a lot. It's, it's 140,000 US about at the moment, yeah. It's a so, painful hundred followers on Twitter. That. Well, listen, I'm I'm on I'm on Twitter posting about golf, and I've got 111 NFT followers. <laughs> Clearly, people that own board apes who just want me to pump the price a little bit more. No, and actually, when I was friends. putting out golf commentary, once I got to 100, I got to 112, 113. It's been going down now because these the NFT boys are sort of switching off to the golf chat. So uh, I feel a little bit conned by it all, to be honest. But. I, <laughs> I'm a man of my word, so I'll, I, I mean, I'm not committing to how long it's going to take me to buy it, but I will be buying a board ape at some point in the near future. Nice. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll cover that. Well, that that'll be that'll go on Twitter. We'll film it. Yeah, then, I'll, then I'll start losing all my golf followers. And the free board ape holders, two of which are me and JLT, that like golf, will always stay with you. There so, we go. Uh, well, I'm there for you, boys. That's all the yeah, any other news from the Bear Tiger? Yeah, we had, we had a pretty solid week with... Um, Quite a few interviews from across the pond. A Spotlight uh, article was written on us this week. We've got some interesting stuff coming up this week now. We finally announced our public launch date, which will be October the 13th, which will be exciting in Las Vegas. So um, I don't like Vegas. Be sure to uh, be sure to get your passports. That, that's a whole boys. other podcast. Yeah. It might, it might have to vod- we won't vodcast that one. So, yeah, which is exciting coming through. And, um, yeah, plenty more to follow this space on, that's for sure. There's definitely a few heads gone this week. Have you got any, Zed? Um, I'm pretty good. I, I, my, mine's the opposite, really. I just had such a good day yesterday just watching people that I like play good golf. You know, I've been a massive golf fan. That was a really nice kind of day for me, really. Um, you had free wins yesterday. Todd, yeah. Finau, Iceman. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Lionesses. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a, yeah, and we haven't even mentioned the Lionesses. No. That was another one where I was... You're going to have to fill that in for the American myself viewers. Myself and, uh, and and James Gregg uh, doing the commentary of the PJ Tour on the i. So we're watching. We're, we are focusing. We're doing the commentary, but then we're <laughs> on the on the iPads. We've got the lionesses at towards the end of the game against Germany. So England Germany massive game of football and female yeah, football. Yes. Female football. Women's sold fo- out. Women's football. Sold out Wembley. Eighty-seven thousand people there, which is brilliant. A buzzing really atmosphere. Really, I think. As, 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 I, I don't. I was cycling through London on the way to a restaurant to meet some friends, and the bars were full. 
like of people cheering, drinking well, it's great, beers. Isn't it, and it's it, Germany as well. You yeah, know? well, Germany is the big, the, the big the opposition, German. aren't they? Yeah. So to w- beat them in big a final, there's a big rivalry there, isn't there? Final but, of the year but you went through that similar emotional roller coaster that you do with England. You know, we get one nil up. You, th- you start to believe it could be, and then there's an <laughs> equaliser. It goes to extra time. We're all looking at each other, going, "Yeah, it's going to go to penalties, and we're going to lose." But no, they did a great job. Yeah, we didn't get to penalties, which was, I think that's the key. Yeah, if if, if the men's key. team can learn anything from it, don't let it get to penalties. Yeah, that was brilliant. And um, congratulations to all those goals. It was really compelling hearing some of the stories at the end of it when they were like, you know, two years ago, some of them were still like TAs or working in restaurants and things like that. And obviously, I think the FA, Sky, a lot of them have done so much work to make, you know, women's football so much more inclusive now. And the Premier League's really, really taken off and... And you can see these girls are just given a snippet of an opportunity and to go and win their Euros in their home stadium must be an amazing feeling. Can't imagine the celebrations last night. But there's also the atmosphere. I think, you know, I think if you look back at the men's, I think at Wembley it got a little bit dirty and a bit ugly and a bit, bit dark. But the, the women's you know game was so much better, such a family atmosphere. Mm. You know, I've, I haven't taken my two girls to see a football game, but I, I really regret not going to that. I'd had the opportunity because it's you know I don't think we'll get a better opportunity to show them. What so you happened. could have gone down the road to Wembley. Now you're going to have to take them to some far flung place like Tokyo to watch them play a final. Now <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo and your board eight would be bankrupt in 2023. <laughs> well, I had a heads off because I, I did because was such a good week. Because I, I well no because watching the PGA Tour infuriated me because I I actually really enjoy Tony Finau as well. And I thought it was great, like Cantlay was coming through the pack at him. I'm starting to really, really start to become a bit of a fanboy of Cameron Youngs. And the commentator, every three shots, said, that shot was brought to you by Top Tracer using Top Tracer technology. And it rattled me after about the 18th time. I was like, what is going on here? Like, I understand. You used to put an icon in the screen. Is it something to do with the fact that we have a real issue doing the shot traces for our shots? I know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's all coming out now. Yeah, technology's not that good. (laughs) Where are these guys getting it from? I can do that. You used to put a graphic in the corner of the screen and just let me know by that. Like, So what would you assume now that people don't read? You know, like, just go back to doing that. That's great. Really, really got my go. You're getting very upset. You're going red. Yeah. Well, that's another good thing about live. No adverts, no commercials, nothing. Solid golf. Just shot tracers and you can just see them. Yeah, and it's obvious. It's a shot tracer. Yeah. So, um, although the thing about live that was starting to annoy me a little bit, if you heard, you hear the noise the ball makes when it goes in the cup, yes, there's a there's a microphone so, in the bottom of the is cup. it? Or is, I thought someone's job was to just press this little recorded <laughs> noise every time the ball goes because it was the, it's the same noise. It's not like it, it rolls in the cup no, differently. No, no, it's genuinely, the same. Uh, uh, we'll find well, out. We'll find out. That's actually time, a really yeah. good point. If someone's there just pressing a button, <laughs> signed a five million dollar contract. It's part of Ferretti's deal. Press the button on time. That's what happens if you get relegated out the top forty eight. Perez will be on buttons for the, the sinking the holes next season <laughs> just jokes aside though david ferret was really good he has some he has some west side analogies i didn't write any of them down but i mean some of them were like i think he was like that green's as small as a teenager's first pimple you know it's like it's, <laughs> some of them are just like so left field but he he, he definitely um he definitely added some, right uh, rising to the live he, defi- live occasion. he definitely added some good patter to the uh coverage that's for sure yeah, it's probably been one of their best signings so far. So, is anyone playing any golf this week? Yeah. James, I'm, you've got a tee time on Friday, right? Got a tee time on Wednesday and Friday, yeah. You're not playing Wednesday? Oh, no, I need to go into town now and meet uh, meet so, some people so about a blockchain. So, you're going to play one. Nigel, you're going to get on the course this week? No, I'm Disney, unfortunately. Disney, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a bit disheartened. I played could golf twice sneak, last could week. You not sneak off. There's a really nice golf course uh, near there called Chantilly, which is one of my favourite golf courses in Europe. If you can, if you can Maybe. sneak off, I, yeah. I could do. I could say I'm off, off to queue for some ride. Six yeah. hours later, come back. It was really good. I'm off to tree, and yeah, the Indiana Jones runs uh, a long queue. I'm off to Space Mountain. Where are you, Nigel? Is it a great drive down four? <laughs> so I think I've, I've got another tea time on Friday, which I'm going to quite enjoy playing. I had a week off last week, a little bit, trying to actually uh, like to have the feeling of wanting to play golf again. So I thought I'd take a few days off, watch all that golf over the weekend, and now I'm absolutely buzzing to play. We've also got... Going to chat to Jack from JL this week. That'll be a nice little podcast, bonus podcast for us. We've got another, and we've got the Mark Mark Raven podcast that he got to hang out with Tiger Woods during the JP Manage Pro-Am, and there were some really cool moments there. So we've got that That's video up, on, That's that live, up yeah. on YouTube, yeah. and 
you can now listen to what he had to say about that. Some really cool little points so, in there. As we embark into August this month, which is the month of the Zane Leo rider, I am actually playing golf on Friday with my partner in the round one four balls. So uh, we're going to work on a bit of strategy. So yeah, good. Me and good AMAC, stuff. me and AMAC will be uh, taking on a, a couple of DGENs from Team Heath. But uh, yeah, and nice. also there's a video coming out this week, which if anybody hits the ball normal distances, don't watch because it's. Uh, I've just watched the final edit this morning of Josh's uh, What's in the Bag. Yeah, there's a few 200-yard seven-irons in there, so be sure to tune in for that. Is it either an exciting watch or a depressing watch, depending on what perspective you take? Yeah, element of both. It made me want to go to the gym and also dislike golf, So, but, but love it at the same time. Brilliant. Right, it's, it's relatively long there. We, James keeps saying on all our stuff that there's something we need to do at the end of the all our media outlets that we need to do. So I'm going to pass it across to James. What do you need to do? Where do you... So you can find us if you're loving all of the chat, all of the content, then the best place to find us would be at Link- Ruffit House in Kingswood. <laughs> Linktree forward slash Bear Tiger Club and you'll be able to get everything there. Remember to like, comment and subscribe and share our platform with everybody as we grow into the world of golf. Very good. Like it. Any more, Nige? Any more questions? Any more chat? No, I'm good. I'm good. I enjoyed that. Enjoy Disneyland, Nige. Just get really, maybe you get really boozed up like early on and just start making, running havoc around the park. That would oh, yeah. be awesome. The responsible father role. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Lou's going to enjoy it, isn't she? So she's in charge. Nice. All we require from you this week then is a picture of you standing next to Mickey. Okay. Please. I can do that. Perfect. It's a lot cheaper than a board ape. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to buy your ape anymore. We just need that. <laughs> you can JPEG that. <laughs> Nice one, right. Good chat, boys. See you you next week. Cheers. Bye.